0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: But G Sandown's been playing beautifully since taking over all of the Saturday meetings from Caulfield and Greg Groves joins us now from Sandown for a track update before tomorrow's card. G'day, Greg. Thanks for your time.
0: Good morning, Gareth.
1: Um, What are we expecting? It's a cold day in Melbourne today. So how do you think um, the track will be by the time we get ready for that first race tomorrow?
0: Okay, so um, it's uh, we've rated it as a uh, soft five this morning, um, and that's after 12mm rain yesterday afternoon. So, um, in the morning yesterday we put on 6mm of irrigation. So essentially, it's had 18mm in the, in the last 24 hours. So um, soft five at the moment, but certainly on the improve. Just looking at the radar, um, there's a little bit of colour on it, but I think hopefully it'll go south of us, and if it does, um, uh, that's good news. So. Um, If we don't get any any more rainfall, I'd reckon we would be into the good four at some stage tomorrow.
1: What about about the rail? What's it doing tomorrow, mate? All
0: right. Got the rail at three metres. Uh, We've moved it out three metres from the true position from where we were last week. Uh, It's covered basically all the wear and tear. It's a little bit scuffing down the front straight, but uh, overall it's in uh, pretty good nick.
1: You must be happy with the way that the track's playing since you've taken a little bit more responsibility with the MRC, with Caulfield um going through its um renovations there and it's just I think as a punter anyway, it's just been absolute delight to have Metro and Group Racing at, at Sandown, especially on that hillside track.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's performing really quite well and uh um it's a bit of there's a bit of information around at the moment about the uh the average starting price um for winners and it's uh yeah. just around the, the five dollar mark. So uh yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a good, uh, a good track if, um, if people do deform and uh, and the, the right horses win. So it's going quite well.
1: So good for rail three meters. Is there any wind conditions that we should take into consideration tomorrow? predicted?
0: Well, there's talking twenty five kilometre an hour south westerlies, but uh, also saying that it's going to decrease during the afternoon. So a little bit up in the air at the moment. But um, if it's you know it's fifteen to twenty uh, k, I don't think it's that, that drastic.
1: Yeah, mate. We'll keep a close eye on that. Good on you, Greg. Good luck tomorrow.
0: Okay, thanks, Gareth.
1: So there's Greg groves with an update there at Sandown for their meeting on a Saturday afternoon. Thanks to com, Nicholas Ashman joins us now to go through his plays there at Sandown. G'day, Nicholas. G'day, G. How are you? Good, thank you. How's the beaten favourite been this week?
2: <laughs> it's been a good way. We've capped off a good uh, profitable January, which is good to uh, good to start off. Uh, we'll see if we can hold that form into, January, into February, mate. But uh, the carnival horses are back. So, Jack and O win first up last, um, last Thursday, of course, at Sandown, running the best last 400 and 200 of the meeting. And you just got that real carnival sort of smell in the air now, isn't
1: it? We, we've been having a little bit of a, a debate on SEN throughout our platforms in the afternoon, of course, here on Giddy Up on, with, our, with our morning program. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, and we've been debating about the horses that we think will be the best horses in the country or the top three horses after the carnival? Um, who do you think will be maybe in the top two or three in your eyes? This is a question without notice. I (laughs) apologise. That's
2: all right. You've caught me right off guard there. Um, Well, look, I mean, the two-year-old range, not that they'll be the best horses in the land, but there's a bit to play out there. As far as the three-year-old goes, well, Aft Cabin or Aft Cabin uh, is a horse that we're all sort of really looking forward to seeing back at the races. We'll know where he's at on Saturday. I, I, look, I suppose Animo's always going to be up there, isn't he? Zark, he's coming back. I'm really keen to see this El Bodogon, who's obviously now in the care of yes. Chris Waller. He ran third in the Cox Plate. Uh, it was his only start and I just feel like that was a pretty good performance in your Australian debut. He's probably not that used to those tight-turning tracks like he got at the Valley, so I'm I'm keen to see what he does on a bigger track. He's only a small horse and you think he gets around the Valley okay, but it doesn't always work out that way, so He's one for mine to keep a to keep a real eye on and outside of him, you know, just the obvious, uh, the likes of I'm Thunderstruck and so forth. So I'll play with a straight bat and say keen to see El Bodegon, Uh, but uh, the usual suspects of Animo and whatnot will be uh, right at the forefront, no doubt.
1: I think it's going to be an exciting slash summer slash autumn carnival coming up and then we head to Brisbane and uh, being in New Zealand there at the start of the week, some of their biggest stars are already planning out a campaign to getting Uh, to Brisbane for their winter carnival. So um, Mm. it's going to be a terrific first half of the year, I think, when it comes to the thoroughbred game. But we need some winners, more importantly, tomorrow at Sandown. So what are we doing, Nicholas? Mm.
2: Well, we'll skip forward to race four. Um, Number five here, Belmia. Now, I'm not suggesting you you dive into the 370 or whatever it is currently on offer. I think she'll just get out of fraction. She's first up at the 1,300 metres, C. Williams jumps in the saddle. She gets the winkers on for the first time. What she did in her debut prep suggested that she was well above average, this daughter of Bella Spree. She's in the care of Jamie Edwards. So the market normally doesn't smash his horses on a Saturday afternoon in a metro track. He's a fantastic trainer, but he's probably best known outside of the metro areas. Uh, so I'm expecting Miss Philly to get upwards of $4 at some point in betting, and that's when I want to play it. Market the 3.75, her win first up on debut, Geelong was scintillating. You've got to go and watch the replay of it. She produced the best last thousand, eight hundred, six hundred, four hundred, two hundred of the entire meeting. And if you watch the replay, you'll know exactly why she went straight from eleven hundred metres on debut to fourteen hundred metres second up on the lakeside track, and was not disgraced, beaten three quarters of a length there in reasonable time as well, and rounded out her debut prep with uh, a fourth placing and a good fourth placing behind Vienna Princess in the listed Twilight Glow stakes. She's definitely above average. She's a stakes-class filly and it wouldn't surprise me to see her win this race first up, the benchmark 78. Mate, after that, I'm going to jump straight to the next race. That's um, race five. Euro Dandy's going really well at, at present. This preparation hasn't missed a top three spot in all four runs and last time out at the Valley was pretty good there behind Ima Shelby. Uh, with a narrow third. It was a bit of a pat finish there, but in the benchmark 70, I thought she was pretty good. I think she turns up in a pretty similar race here on Saturday. And just at that 550 quote, she's in each way bet to nothing. I don't think she'll miss a top three spot and she'll continue that uh, good run. So a couple of mares to start us there. And then I'm going to take us, Gareth, to a, a polarising horse. Race mm. six, number 11, Fujita San. Um, he promised the world and has really yet to deliver. His first two runs of his career were scintillating, one at the Valley uh, behind Zambagini where they ran electric time there and they put a massive margin back to the third horse. Then he goes to Sandown, I think on the hillside track, and absolutely spanked them and then uh, goes for a spell, comes back, runs that funny fourth first up on a bog track and his prep after that never really looked like sort of, you know, going on with it. But he looks like he's jumped out okay And I just feel like he's got to be winning this race, the 1,300-metre benchmark 84 first up, if he's ever going to get back into a stakes race. I don't know if you agree with that, sentiment. but he's promised a fair bit, and I think he's got to deliver something on Saturday. Would you agree?
1: Yes, I totally agree with you, Nicholas, and Dream Thoroughbreds, of course. Great horses, great trainers, great people, great fun. Um, Help us with, um, of course, giddy-up and... Uh, on a friday morning and we've got a, a grab from wayne hawks talking about for sand for you so this is what the trainer had to say one of the co-trainers about a horse that you like on a saturday there at Sandown.
3: Yeah, yeah went super obviously last time um you know we headed towards the bigger races but once again we've just tried to come back and peel it back a bit and get his uh, confidence back in order and his jump out was super um hit the line great and Lovely starting point, big track. Won there before, and obviously the thirty under is going to really suit. So he's uh, he's hoping for a nice preparation, but once again, just peeling it back.
1: Yeah, it's a good enough push from Wayne Hawks, I think, for your top selection there for Jerry Sant.
2: Th- yeah, it sounded like uh, Michael Hawks. Yeah, me. sorry, it was Michael so Hawks. Thought-
1: How dare I get that wrong?
2: Yeah. So he won't be happy you've called him Wayne. Hello, no, Wayne, if you're listening. Yes, you'll uh, be listening. So- that's exactly what you want to hear. They're going for that confidence booster, which is what the horse needs. He, he had such a, uh, a disappointing preparation last campaign, but to be fair, he got off on the wrong note and just never really gelled, other than one run where he looked okay. Um, I'm glad. Um, that's what I wanted to hear. That's exactly what you want to hear from a trainer with a horse that's been a bit out of form. Stripping back, taking back in grade, try and give him a kill, boost the confidence, and see what's in the tank. So I'm happy with that, mate. A hey, uh, race, eight's a good race, isn't it? A jack. Yes. is your favourite. That two sort of 25, 230 looks a bit skinny from Barry 11. He's going to have to go back to the tail of the field. I think right you are. Should be a bit shorter than $5. Uh, Drop sharply in weight off a last start victory that rated well. He's got to come back a couple of hundred metres in trip, which I suppose is a small query, but I'll back my used to have him ride on the day. He's going to be sort of two to four lengths ahead of detonator jack at the 600 metre mark. He might even be further depending on how quick they go. He's race fit. He's got the numbers to match it with Jack, and he's got the map advantage as well. So I've got to be with him. Obviously, Ryden Rose has uh, found the winner's circle again last time out in an easier race, but drops in weight and has a chance. Bill Toro was good last time out, but he came off and put in a good run and then a couple of stinkers. And don't doubt Dory's an interesting run. Uh, He's got a really good fresh record, Gareth. And if you go and have a look at the first up run where he was tailed off last, and then look at the sectionals where they crawled in the race, you think to yourself... Jeez, it was barely a barrier trial, that first up run. And he's he's probably going to present to the races on Saturday in similar order to how he does when he's first up normally. So that great fresh record he's got, he might be a sneaky chance there at 41 bucks, mate.
1: I like the value that you're finding for us as well, Nicholas, from the beaten favourite. So the four horses that we're playing, race four, number five, Belmere, Jeez, Chris Calthorpe's found a, a couple of extra lengths, hasn't he, of late? He's just flying yeah. at the moment, the boy that flies the horses, Chrissy Calthorpe from Geelong. Um yeah, debt What's his strike yep. rate? I'd love to see that over the last three to four months compared to, say, last year.
2: His strike over the last three to four months. Question without notice. I'll have to pull it up for you, mate. But uh, he's, um, he's, he's got, what was that good feeling he had last year that went
1: to the Oaks? Yeah, she won the Oaks. I don't think she's with him mm. anymore. Um Media award, you've won them. You've won plenty of those over your wonderful illustrious career in this game, uh, media (laughs) awards. But she was a really good filly.
2: She was a very good filly. So he, Chris knows how to knows how to get them right. And look, I'm I'm sure. Oh, I'll have to get that stuff for you another time, G, but I'm sure that he'll have Euro dandy. She's flying. Uh, he's flying at present this campaign. He hasn't missed a top three spot. I just think he's an each-way bet to nothing. Just one more for you, mate. Yes. In the last, there's a mare for Mike Moroni, so you see. I think most people know she's got a above-average ability. She was good last time out uh, at Sandown. She is a month between runs, so I just want to see what the market does with her. I've got to mark $4.00. Uh, and happy to just to wait, though, late in the piece and make sure the market's there and that she doesn't need this run to bring her on for her next run. In that same race, Timor for Chris Waller uh, is a $23 pop, came out of the Bell Toro race, which was a high-rating race, and that was his first run for sort of about seven, seven months. So I'm expecting him to improve his stack, whether or not he's got enough improvement to win. I don't know, but $23 to find out seems pretty fair, mate.
1: So what would be your very best on the program then at Sandown?
2: Well, the very best for me, look, I'd probably say, um, I'd say Euro Dandy each way. I just think he's racing really well. But my best all day, mate, is actually up at Eagle Farm, race five, number two, buying time, mark the horse, even money. You can get 250 in early markets. I'm not sure what he is right now, actually. But uh, he ran really good time first up at and I think he's borderline of stakes horse, like in the right
1: stakes race, and you're getting in here in a Class 3. You can get around $2.25 We'd Bet365 for buying time there at Eagle Farm Race 5, horse number two. Have a wonderful weekend. The beaten favourite keeps on dominating, Nicholas Ashman. We appreciate your time here to kick off proceedings as always on a Friday on a Giddy Up, and um, we'll catch up with you next week, mate.
2: Good on you, Gareth. Good
1: money, mate. There's Nicholas Ashman. So, recapping his best there at Sandown, race four, number five, Belmia, race five, number five, Euro um, Sands. Then we go to race six, number 11, for Cheetah Sand. Right, you are. Race eight, number six, also given a good chance from Nicholas Ashman. And in that final event, race nine, um, so you see, does look tough to beat in that last event. Horse number nine, of course, for Mike Moroni and Jamie Mott. So hopefully it's a big fill-up day for Nicholas Ashman there on a Saturday Euro dandy, I should say. Race five, number five there for Chris Calthorpe. Dream thoroughbreds, great horses, great trainers, great people, great fun. Get involved and live the dream with us. An exciting weekend of racing. Randwick will host the, the best meeting across the country on a Saturday afternoon because of the Eskimo Prince, which sees a return of the boom, a Cadolphin three-year-old, an F Cabin who we haven't seen since he dominated a a preview of the Caulfield Guineas, basically. And uh, then, unfortunately, he bled. So we missed out on the Caulfield Guineas. um, But we get to see him back at the races tomorrow afternoon. And uh, Michael Wood, the track curator there at Randwick, joins us on the line to give us an update on the track conditions. We'll also get his thoughts on the Kensington track, which will play host to the New South Wales meeting this afternoon or in that twilight zone. Michael, thanks for your time, mate. Good morning.
4: Yeah, hey, good morning, Gareth.
1: Um, what's happening in Sydney today and tomorrow, first of all, for the Ramwick meeting on a Saturday? Where's the rail and what conditions are you expecting?
4: Yeah, we've got beautiful conditions. As has been for the back end of the week. We had a fair bit of rain there uh, early in the week, which has set us up nicely. But, um, yeah, today's getting close to 30 degrees and uh, tomorrow's just a little bit, a um, little bit cooler, around 27, but um, perfect. So, uh, yeah, we've got the course proper. It's out at eight metres for the majority of the track, and uh, it's in great order. Uh, we're a good four this morning. Penetrometer of 5.2. Um, so it's set up nicely. We'll we'll reassess that this afternoon as to whether or not we'll, we'll give it some more irrigation and um, and have it perfect for for tomorrow.
1: So 27 degrees that sounds like it is a perfect day in Sydney town is there any wind that we need to keep an eye on there tomorrow that might affect the pattern?
4: Yeah nothing too significant from what they're saying so um, yeah I think it's just going to be a, a, a beautiful day. Um, today as I say much the same it's a warm day but um, the Kensington track has had a, a little bit of a break so uh, the grass grass cover on that's you know in great order and a uh, nice amount of giving it, so I uh, had a couple of go around this morning, and um, yeah, said it was just
1: perfect. Sounds like it. Um, sounds like it's been a little bit easier over the summer period, anyway, than what you were copping throughout the the majority of last year. So, cross our fingers. So far, so good there, Michael.
4: Yeah, look, you, you know, when you get to the the warmer conditions, you can take those summer storms that sort of happen earlier in the week. That you know, you sort of wish for them, and um, you don't have to irrigate as much. So, but. Um, you know, we did put two millimetres on the course proper uh, yesterday afternoon just to just to keep it nice. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed we can have a, a good summer leading into a, a very good autumn.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, Gareth. There's Michael Wood. What a job he does there for the ATC. Um, what are you, Now we've got Dean Watling is about to join us to go through his best there. Ranwick this afternoon, but before we have a chat today, let's hear what Vin Cox, the boss of Cadolphin Australia, had to say about their boom three-year-old Aft Cabot, who resumes in, of course, the Eskimo Prince tomorrow.
5: Um, look, we'd love to say he can, but you know it's not it's going to be it's certainly not his grand final uh, yeah. at this time of his of his campaign. Uh, but look, he's he's been trialing very well. The team's extra happy with him. Um, you know, we we think we've got him pretty right to uh, to step him off. And and as I say, it's not grand final day. Um, there's there's bigger fish to fry, but but he'll he will acquit himself very well.
1: So can't wait to see what he can do. Let us know what you think. If. AF Cabin. Do you think he could be the best horse, or one of the best horses by the end of the the carnivals coming up, um, the slash summer slash autumn carnival in Sydney and Melbourne? Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Let us know. But firstlightracing.com.au presents Dean Watling here on this Friday to go through his best there at Randwick. G'day, Dino. Good morning, Gareth. Um, what do you think of AF Cabin tomorrow? I know that you were really bullish about his chances with the weekend preview yesterday and there was a few of your colleagues and then there was a few of the, the punters out there questioning um, Af Cabin in Sydney and, and whether he's proven that he should be at that price tomorrow. Um, what's your answer to the critics there about Af Cabin tomorrow ahead of the Eskimo Prince?
3: Yeah, there's a
6: few things to break down, but I think the the biggest thing and the thing that I gravitate towards is the Godolphin stable, James Cummings, they're a very patent stable. Um, they've won this race two out of the last three years with Pulele and Kementari. And I know a lot of punters out there have the query on their one off trial leading to this, but both Pulele and Kementari only had the one trial before taking out this race. So it's a perfect profile. Aft Cabin brings the exact same setup and he's probably priced as if he had a full preparation in the spring. Um, but in saying that, I think um, he's fair enough odds there. I think we're going to get a slight drift on race day with the likes of Zoo Tiger, who brings that Golden Rose form around in secret, and Jack Cano and and who who is enormous in the Caulfield Guineas. Um, but I think 1,200 metres, the trial that we saw after cabin, he's got a lovely, lovely stride. Um, Gate 8, groff James McDonald. I think we wait the race day, we'll get sort of around that two twenty, two thirty price, and um, he looks the better of the car there at Greenwick.
1: We just heard from Michael Wood, it's a hot day today, 27 degrees tomorrow, that rail's out eight metres, and we sh- we'll be on a good four there in Sydney tomorrow. So how do you think the track will play?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be
6: advantageous to be up on speed, um, It's probably even more so for these shorter trips. Um, so the 1200 metres, out eight metres, you sort of want to be within the first three lengths, um, and then in the straight lanes, one to five look key, so He looks the map perfectly there. They're probably the horse that's in a little bit of trouble with that setup of and he's probably going to be better over Further. But Zoo Tiger naturally leads. He's going to be the main danger to Aft Cabin, and I think we'll see them two in the straight really battle it out. Um, But yeah, you want to be up on pace within three lengths of the lead.
1: So Aft Cabin is one of your specials there at Ram Week. What else are we doing from a punching perspective?
3: I think race seven, number 10, Cote,
6: presents a lot of value. I've got it marked a lot shorter in the market. Gets right down in the way, 62 kilos. Tyler Shuler uh, riding outstanding at the minute. And he's a horse that was placed outstandingly by Anthony Cummings in the spring. And he's probably slipped the mind of a few pundits. But his figures, if he runs up to his last two uh, figures that he's got on my data, he wins this race. I think Remark's probably the best horse in the race, but first up, one soft trial, 62 kilos and a thousand meters. I don't think that's his setup. Um, in saying that, he mounts perfectly from gate five. Timmy Clark in the saddle, he's going to suit the pattern. But I think Cote here, right down in the weights, leads him up. Very hard to catch on a uh, rock hard, dry track. And I think he starts around that three fifty three dollar price. I'm keen on race seven, number ten, Cote.
1: So race eight, number three, Af Cabin, race seven, number ten, Cote. They're the only two horses that you're playing tomorrow, mate. At the moment.
6: Yeah, I think we I think we stick to the, the features and if anything sort of pattern establishes or anything like that, I think we can chime in late. But they're the two early on that I'm keen to play go.
1: Steph, as you sent through a text message from Stephen, and if you've got a question about any of the horses that you like over the weekend, let us know. O four double nine seven three six seven three six. Are you concerned about a good track for Af Cabin?
6: Yeah, it's a good point uh, from Steph on the text line. He's never seen a dry track in his career, but I think with his turn of foot, with his natural high cruising speed up on pace, I think that will suit him to the ground. And you don't often see a horse going onto a dry track as a negative. I I often see it as if he was on first up um, on a heavy track for the first time. That's a negative for mine. But um, his runs on soft tracks, they're a lot closer to probably a a soft five, a good four. on speed sectionals, so um, I've got confidence he'll handle it fine.
1: I want to play your grab from yesterday on the Stable Mail. This is Michael Hawks talking about Remark, who's first up tomorrow in race seven over the 1,000. He's always
3: had the potential of a group horse, and we're obviously hoping to get him back to that standard. You know, his, his last run on the Sydney Stakes all went pear-shaped, and uh, we had a crack at it, didn't come off, but this time round, I think uh, we're going to see a different horse, and uh, who knows where he might end up. He'll hopefully uh, end up in a few of those bigger races.
1: Well, if he wins tomorrow, he will be a serious Group One horse. I think this Carnival, because he does have to carry sixty-two against a pretty handy field.
6: Yeah, he does. It's a strong field in this race, um, and like you mentioned, the weights, the query, and a thousand metres is the query for mine. I think he's a much better horse twelve hundred metres and. The hawks tend to give their horses two trials out in their prep scarf so that's my only slight concern. But I, I'm, I echo the thoughts there of the team. I think he's an outstanding horse. He's shown since day one. Um, since he's had that tie back surgery, he was a great horse in the spring, and um, hopefully we see the best him in the autumn, and he can sort of rise up now. Um, being a girl wing and sort of sitting in our top sprinting ranks because they're getting a little bit depleted. So we need these horses to really step up and fill the gaps.
1: Good on you, Dino. Enjoy your day and keep on dominating the barrier com. Thanks, Legend. Time to catch up with our great mate over there in Queensland. Of course, Queensland is your place to race this year. We're back at one of the best tracks in the country at Eagle Farm on a Saturday afternoon and Shane Curlio joins us. Curlio, hello to you.
6: Good morning, Gareth. Um, one of the best tracks in the country, all right. It's playing Super Eagle Farm, and you can yep. bet with confidence.
1: It has come a long way, hasn't it? There was people that wanted to shut the joint down, and now it's just a track that everybody wants to basically um, make sure that if they if they're building another track or um, they're doing some reconstructions to their track that they wanted they wanted to make it like it like an Eagle Farm because you can have you can have a hundred mil of rain there and it's still a good fall. <laughs>
6: Well, there's a fair chance that could happen this weekend, Gareth. It's um, they're very hot and steamy conditions in southeast Queensland. So, yeah. like a fifty mil storm wouldn't be out of the equation for sure.
1: Are you confident tomorrow? How many favourites you tipping?
6: No, I'm trying to steer away <laughs> from favourites, Gareth, the best I can. Um. <laughs> um it's just, just something I'm trying to get out of, you know, stop listening to Jack Dickens and Dean link, you know. Yeah. No. Um, i trying, trying to add something different.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I tell you, did so um, Miles fitster makes his return uh, this afternoon on um, his show and he's recruited you. So the, the love affair continues there, Curlio. So what are you going um, to offer to Miles' show this afternoon at 12 o'clock?
6: Oh, a little bit of statistical analysis. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of uh, out wide sort of stuff, Gareth. So focusing away from the major meetings and and having a look at some horses and some setups out wide. Um, they still pay the same price whether they win at Dolby or and So,
1: yeah, and you've probably got a better edge out wide, haven't you these days? I, well, I think so. Um,
6: or well, my stats, say I do anyway. So yep. I'm happy to keep getting out wide, yeah, for sure.
1: All right, at Eagle Farm, what are we doing there tomorrow, mate? Um, we've got a tip already, by time. Do you like this calliper in the fifth? Uh,
6: yeah, yeah, I, I do. It's um, it's a nice horse, but, um, you know, I think it's probably probably starts around that sort of 220 mark. Um, The main danger is it's being the 12 there uh, in a sec who uh, was basically no hope from a wide jaw last time and, and does get a better gate and a much better map um, and no weight. So I think sort of, um, sort of thought buying time will have to do a bit of work from the gate, go forward and intersect is the danger sort of stalk, in the stalking position. But like I say, I think they're both sort of on their right, on their right prices right now. So
1: so buying time like race five, number two is a, is a top chance, but what about outside of the, that race? What are we doing from a Curlio point of view, from a punting perspective?
6: uh race nine garrett um i was pretty in, i was originally interested in the six and as I dug deeper with the jockey and the and the barrier and the map that I thought just won't suit at all those factors just don't add up to a bet landed here on number three overseas lindsay lindsay hatch andrew mellian um thought it was a very good run first up in a, in a just an unsuitable race uh, on a leader's track around Ballina where it got back and rattled home and only got beat half length. That was sort of first up at the 1,000. Now, this is not a deep race, Gareth, whatsoever. Um, like I say, you've got, um, you know, charge on there. The six that are sort of half-found early, but the map's difficult. Pentito is around 550, uh, gets a good map. Comrade Rosa down the bottom is... Very short at the 250 quote. Sort of represents great value here overseas um, around that sort of 16, 17 dollar mark. I think it's uh, I think it gets a decent run with enough speed on to be able to settle midfield with cover and, and be rattling home uh, really late. I think it's a great hope.
1: So when you talk about digging deep, going into barriers and jockey, so what are you looking there to tick the boxes? So you just said charge on might have been a bet. So what put you off charge on then?
6: Well, without being sounding like completely disrespectful, no, it's got, a, um, it's yeah. got a three kilo claiming apprentice who doesn't ride winners, um, and it's going to happen. Like sometimes you can map a race, Gareth, where the horse just is going to land in that spot regardless of who's on it. Mm-hmm. The, the map's are clear, if that makes sense. You know, you've got you've got um, you know you've got a horse drawn gate too that's got neutral gate speed, so it's going to land in the running line, and it's easy to map sort of how many we're going to settle in front of it. But in this case, it's this this horse will need like a bit of a steer to get to the right spot, and I just can't sort of, I, I can't be confident enough that the, the jockey has the ability to be able to do that. Um, where sometimes, if you're doing a race and you're seeing J Mac with a tricky barrier, yeah. you'd be confident that he'd be able to overcome that.
1: Yep, great point. Makes yeah. sense. What about outside of that ninth race? Have you got anything else for us, Curlio?
6: Yeah, but it's been the favorite Gareth and I was all right. kind of low skipping it after Pot and Jack and Dino. That's a um, right. winner's a winner. <laughs> race six number two, hang five. Uh come through the right race on uh when resuming. I thought burst uh bursting won that race. Um but it resumed him pretty comfortably. It sat outside the leader and dictated the tempo and dashed away from them. Um I think that's the right form. There's enough speed here as well. Um yeah, you know, there's a there's a big field and that'll generate enough speed for. It's a bit of a get back sort of run on type. It'll it'll sort of slot midfield again. A sort of horse that'll be midfield with cover and that's perfectly fine at Eagle Farm. Main the main dangerous arena. Sophia last start winner there has drawn gate eleven and it's just too tricky a map I thought to bet even with Jay Almond on who is Queensland's number one jockey right now. So um, Hang Five gets the favours. Good run first up. Second up last time at 1,400, it should have won. It was beaten. when uh, It was unlucky. Just had a bumping jill all the way up the straight. So uh, I think it's got a little bit of class about it, this horse. And it's just, I think it's better than a benchmark 72 grade on Saturday Eagle Farm. And I think it'll be winning around that 350 quote, Gareth.
1: Love your work, Curlio. So overseas race nine, number three, $16 each way all day. And then hang five, race six, number two. We'll be hanging five on Sunday for the mailbag bag. Bloodstock Open Day there at Cranbourne at the Gavin Bedgecood Stables. So looking forward to catching up with you then, Curlio. Um, I'm not for... going to make
6: it, Gareth. I'm shattered there.
1: Okay. Well, it's disappointing. The face of the organisation doesn't turn up to the Open Day. That's a new one.
6: <laughs> you'll, you'll enjoy what I have to do instead. I've got a leaky valve, Gareth, in one of my veins. I have to have a bit of surgery. So
1: Okay. People, oh, I
6: can't
1: go. No. That's, yeah, we wish you the best of luck um, with all I'll of film that. i will the surgery for you. Yep, your health comes first. And we know that you had <laughs> a bleed there the other day, so that's good to scope, pick something up. There's something wrong with you, so we can move There's forward. And, wrong with me. Yeah, yep,
6: exactly right.
1: Looking forward to hearing you with Milo you. a little later on. Good on you, brother.
6: Thanks, mate. All the best.
1: Racing at Morfordville tomorrow afternoon, and Mitchie Lewis from theformbreakdowns.com joins us. Of course, you can follow Mitch here at Mitchie at Lewis 101 on Twitter, and he joins us now. G'day, Mitch.
7: Yeah, morning, Gareth. How are you going today?
1: thank you, mate. Um, More for tomorrow, racing on a good four, rails in the true. How do you think this track will play?
7: Yeah, so the meeting tomorrow is actually on the parks track. So for for those listeners that don't know, the parks track's the inner track, so it's actually a little bit tighter. So generally, it it does favour your leaders, just that tight turn. um, If you're in a good position, you can be hard to chase down. There is a little bit of rain around as well. Depending on how much they get today, maybe they get to a soft five. But with it being a good four at the minute, I'd I'd think it'll stay at a good four.
1: So good four, and of course, um, yeah, form guide breakdowns. We we'll get that right, formguidebreakdowns.com. dot com. Mitchie Lewis. So what are we doing from a punting perspective then?
7: Uh, kick off in race two with number two captain Julian for Darren Dodson. Uh, it resumes after being put away after his debut performance. He looked very green in his debut performance when he was running down the straight. He was sort of zigzagging and laying in all over the place. So they've obviously put him out, giving him some more time to mature. He's, he's had three really nice trials since then. Uh, two of them I've actually seen in person. And he, he's a really smooth mover. So I think that if he brings some of that form and he finds a good position from barrier four, he could be hard to beat. Darrell Dodson opts to come here rather than a meeting at his local truck at Bordertown on Sunday, which to me is an indicator that he thinks he's a really solid chance to knock off one of these Metro maiden-level races rather than a provincial one. So I reckon he looks well-placed.
1: Okay, so like the confidence there from the Dodson camp, then what are we doing after that?
7: We'll go to race five. I'm with number five, Saskatoon. So I'm happy to forgive his last start where he was third. They, they put him up to the 1600. And I don't, I don't think he was really suited that day. Uh, at Murray Bridge, you've looked a bit vulnerable if you're a leader. So over the 1600, he just got swapped over the top of late. He's coming back to the 1400 today. I think he'll appreciate that much better. Uh, and he's on a track, like I said, that generally favours the leaders, which is where he should be from barrier one. All of the form lines around him this prep, uh, there have been some super forms franked out of it. There's other winners like Metro Legend around him. Uh, I reckon if he's at his best, he's just going to be too hard to catch.
1: So race two, number two, Captain Julian, and then Saskatoon, race five, number five. Do you have another one for us, Mitchy?
7: Yeah, I've got one more in a race that I think is really interesting. I'm basing it on the map. So I'm with race six, number six, silver on red. So like I said, it's about this race map. I think there's going to be an extremely hot tempo in the race. So I've got two, three, four, seven, all going to be vying for their leading position. Silver on Red's coming out of barrier one. He's got the potential to just camp off them, hopefully in the box, and just let that outplay in front of him. And then if they go too hard, I think he's just going to sweep through them. He's at his peak fitness fourth up. He's three starts, two wins, and a third when he's fourth up. Uh, and he was also two two runs back. He made some ground in the straight at Mooney Valley. We all, we all know how hard that is to do. So I'm thinking if you're making ground at Mooney Valley, if he gets the race run to suit him here today, He's going to be making up ground at the parks and he should be hard to hold out. I do have a lot of respect for the favourite of Jolly's Alpha Flight. I think he looks a handy type, but I'm just worried that as a young horse, if they're all going, as you know, like cut snakes, he's yeah. going to be a little bit shook up and i would be following him second
1: up. So David Jolly Silver on red for Niodorf, claims there as well. So race two, number two, race five, number five, race six, number six, your plays there on the park track at Moorferville on a Saturday afternoon. We can catch all of your work on um, the formguidebreakdowns.com website, and also follow you on Twitter there, Michie Lewis 101. Yep, that's right, Gareth. You're a good man, Mitchy. I knew I'd get it right eventually. Um, enjoy your day you. and um, back plenty of winners. Thanks, mate. You as well. I'll see you soon. Good meeting in WA with Weather Watch, um, hot conditions, and I think that meeting's been pushed back a little bit as I say hello to you, Pete Anthony, is, of course, from the Moabag, and... Um, we are racing deeper into the day there in Perth tomorrow because of the weather.
6: Yes, exactly right. I think the forecast is around 38. There's not a great deal of wind around either. Uh, So we're toing and throwing about moving the meeting to Sunday. And after most of yesterday, they came to the conclusion, no, we'll keep it on Saturday, but just start later in the card. So, look, it'll still probably be around 34, 35 when they kick off. But the two-year-old race has been shifted to race five. It was race two, so... If you notice some funky fluctuations in some of the odds comparison websites, that's why.
1: (laughs) And we all know if there's no wind and it's hot like that, you need to back, um, doesn't matter where the rail is, you want to be on the horses up front.
6: Yeah, typically that's the case. Rail true has caused uh, many a punter in WA, a bit of a headache over the last year and a half or so. The the rail just hasn't been holding up. So you can still be on pace. You just need to be getting off the fence into the straight. Now, because it's so hot, I'm guessing they'll be watering the track extra. I'm not expecting anything different. So I've found a few horses that are rails and run, and I just have to put a line through them at this stage. You just have to wait and see. And, you know, if the rail is, for whatever reason, playing okay, then I can start to consider them again. But uh, steering clear of rails and run to start the card.
1: Okay. So where do we start with your specials there at Ascon?
6: Well, look, uh, race one, I can see there's been a bit of money there for Wild Bell, not overly surprised the horse is showing a bit shot it's just absolutely flying this preparation drawn gate one that is a small query but i just have to find out it, it is the first race on the card i think if there is going to be any chance of backing a horse from gate one it will be this one it's just going so well this preparation the stable mate and just go probably sets a genuine tempo with bite sector on the outside of it bite sector is the horse that i want to be saving in this scenario but with pot shot, I think if it just is able to just track the stable mate, just go and roll up the fence, they can basically this angle clear. Brad Parnum's been showing that he's paying close attention to how the track's playing this season. Um, that's the horse, it's just a, it's an auto event to me. So race one, number two, pot shot and I'll be saving the six by sector. If Wild Bell beats me so there but uh I,
1: i'm happy to take it on without the trial and we get around $4.60 for pot shot and pot shot did an unbelievable performance there the other day you really, i had to see it to believe it i didn't think he was that good pot shot so i'm with you there oh, she i should say this philly by demerit so i think she'll get the job done as well pete so that gives me so much confidence there at 460 what else are we doing at that program
6: uh, race five is a really nice two-year-old race. So we're coming into the Magic Millions time here in WA. So capacity field look, uh, a lot of good men. Um, look, it knocked off a smallish field. And in, on debut, it was Shinsaw behind a couple of smart horses there and Gray Halo and the Miller runner that escapes me, the one they've got good wraps on. Um, but it's $2.10 in a capacity field. That's way too short for me. And look, it may even give a few of these a head start. Looking through some of the first starters, number four for uh, Shooter McGrady and Steve Wolf, best of the gods. It's a full-to-export man and certainly jumps a lot better than an export man. And the trial, I thought, was pretty quiet. Should be thereabouts on speed, setting the tempo here. And the Miller Horse in Champagne Street. Now, Gareth, you'll probably remember one of the Bob Bob sources, uh, Truly Belong, which yes. went amiss there. It was a very talented galloper. This is the first fold out of Truly Belong. It looks a nice type and, again, a non-speed runner. We're getting $20-odd the best of the cards and $8.50 or so to Champagne Street in the 12. I'm more than happy to be playing both of those. The horse I thought would go up a bit, a bit of a better price is the nine in guarding heaven around $6. If that horse droops, I'll be backing all three of them to beat a lot of good men. I just can't have a two-year-old at $2.10 in the capacity field. They they do too much wrong uh, for that to be a, a betting price. So yeah. bit of a Dutch play there.
1: I remember Truly Belong was the horse that Bob purchased at the New Zealand sales, talking about Karaka That's her final day with their book tour today. But she was a little small, but she used to go really well on, on firm tracks, um, Truly Belong. And uh, Simon's a great judge of it, a young horse. So he's got all of the girls in this gallop. Ali Cripps, I see, leads the ownership group, of course, <laughs> Simon's beautiful partner. So it'll be interesting to see how she does go. That horse that you're thinking about that finished second, behind um, brave the Brave Smash Horse, Brave Halo there in that initial plate, which I think is one of the the hottest two-year-old form races around the country that we're seeing this year. Live to Tell also had to go to the paddock because of shin soreness. And Simon Miller has been on the record well, telling me at the pub anyway that this could be the best two-year-old that he's ever trained. So that was a hot race. I've got a lot of time for a lot of good men, but talking about good men... Um, Ash Maley, he's got a big, big opinion on leading Taddy. So there's a couple of booms on a few of these two year olds in race five, which is always exciting. So just recap the numbers that you want to play in that race.
6: I'll be backing number four and number 12 on the current prices. That's the Johnson Champagne Street. I can't... Um, Champagne Street at street box, really out of Truly Belonger, So uh, well bred enough for sure.
1: Yeah, and I can't believe I hope Shooter has a little bit more luck on. Um, best of the gods yeah. that he did have oh, last didn't... week on that horse. What was it called that we liked after the trials?
6: I want to call it uh, Odinaka, something like that. Yeah, Odinaka. Um, and yeah. like Shooter, I yeah. love
1: Shooter so much. He's a superstar, but he's gate four and he's landed three back the fence. Wolfie wouldn't have been happy, I wouldn't imagine. Um, yeah, it was pretty comical, wasn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> was, Shooter. Um, but he'll bounce back, Shooter McGuffin, he always does. Um, is that Are they the only two races we're playing in?
6: Yeah, for the most part. Look, there's, uh, if we go to the last, uh, of course, like doing a share in Halatorian, he recorded top three performances his last uh, two starts at Ascot, loving the firm deck, right favourite. But if they're making ground later in the card, My Dilemma is absolutely flying for David Harrison, and it's $12. So, look, I'll be having an owner's bet on Halatorian, but I have to have something on My Dilemma as well in the sixth.
1: I can't believe, like, that like the the mailbag Bloodstock team haven't really arrived in WA. They're talking about purchasing tried horses, et cetera, um, it'd be perfect nearly to go to WA and give a horse to like a Roy Rogers or an Ash Maley or I reckon they're right down your alley, those trainers. Yeah, We'll
6: have to wait and see what the... Uh what the legalities are and, you know, I'm not sure how many groups you have to jump through to the syndicator in WA, but oh, okay. that's a conversation for another day, Cara.
1: That's a good <laughs> point you make, Pete. I thought you could just send horses wherever you want if you've got a syndication business, mate. I'm learning something oh. like every day. Good on you, brother. Go, well, go. Sunday, we head to Launceston. As the summer carnival rolls on, we've got the Gold Sovereign Stakes for the two-year-olds worth $150,000 over the 1,200 metres. The Hobart Cup's not far away. and Then the Launceston Cup about 10 or 12 days after the Hobart Cup. So it's it's um, It's coming. It's becoming, um, well, the big races aren't far away in Tassie, which is exciting there for all Tassie racing fans, which includes us here on Giddy Up and two of the Jets. And they've been tipping the house down since basically they joined Giddy Up. I speak of the snapper, Matty Reid, and the bear, Richie Bear Robertson. G'day, lads. First of all, Matty, hello to you. Morning, G. How are you? I'm well, and Bear. Good morning. Morning, Gareth. Thanks for having us on. What's go- what's going? Like, I-, I was looking at-, at social media over the last um, 24 hours, especially. What's happened to Scotty Brunton? Is, is someone just has um, become a new man because he's posting every couple of minutes on social media? He was one of the worst communicators of all time, but now he's one of the best. So, what's going on there, Bear?
8: I don't know. I think you just get people to play the right role, into the coach, and um, yeah. if you can delegate a little bit and get things done, then everyone's happy. He'll,
1: he'll turn up a, He'll turn up to Launceston in a suit the way he's going.
8: Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope that, that isn't cut too short. That's all I can ask. <laughs>
1: Alright then, Maddie, we'll start off with you. Snapper, how are we making some money there at this uh, meeting on Sunday?
9: My best is in the last race, G. I'm pretty keen on Number five, Swing King. Uh, this horse arrived in the state first start in Tassie was on the sixth of January. The start prior to that was in August over thirty two hundred and fifty metres over the hurdles. So uh, was immediately sent out one hundred and one dollars first up in the state. Four wide, no cover on speed, boxed on really well. Next time in Launceston, they bet forty one dollars. Uh, he jumped seven fifty. Siggy took him to the front, and he was too good. Uh, ran pretty good time relative to the other horses that night. Inside draw, I think Siggy tries to do the same. And uh, if he can ping on top um, with a rail plus seven and a half, I think he will be too good for them. So my best is Swing King in the last race.
1: I love it. Whenever you got a best with Siggy Carr in the last, it's just a, it's, it's a bet for everybody, I think. Swing King there. Um, Mark Everett prepares. What about outside of uh, that race there? What's your second best snapper?
10: I went for
9: one that I think might be a little bit of value, race seven, number six, Markle. Hasn't had a lot of luck in a couple of runs back since a, a little bit of a brief freshen. Uh, races really well at Launceston. First up, wasn't far away. Other key chances in this race, like zebra and a winner. Uh, last Friday, uh, Chloe... Wasn't able to get this mare out of the machines and, and sort of just trailed the field from there, but still hit the line really well. Might need a little bit of luck as a horse that settles a back from the inside draw, but I think if she gets it, uh, she'll give us a sight, and I suspect we'll get an each-way price about race eight, number six, Markle.
1: So race eight, number six, Markle there, and race nine, number five, Swing King. What are you doing, Bear?
8: We're going to start early. Race one, number one, Conundrum, which Ziggy's also on. Uh, comes out of good form race at Hobart. Uh, muscle Up ran second. Zulu Angel won. And they've both won since. Um, Sarah Cotton's a good trainer. Ziggy and Sarah have a good strike rate together. And I reckon we can get the cash early. Race one, number one.
1: So race one, number one there to kick off proceedings from Bear. Then what are we doing after that?
8: Uh, we're going to sort of take on Snapper here, Gareth. Uh, in race seven, I think Thelma maps really well. I think the horse is in really good form. Um, It just got touched off last start on the line. I think at the 1,400, in its earlier days, it ran second to Heller over 1,400. I know that was a couple of years ago, but the run's up to that. I reckon it just gets a gun run, and I reckon uh, Thelma will be winning on Sunday, race 7, number 5.
1: So we'll kick off proceedings with Siggy to go bang in that first race, conundrum for Sarah Cotton, um, and then race 7, number 5, Thelma taking on Markle there with the snapper. Um, always a pleasure, lads. Who wins the feature? Just quickly, we'll start off with you, Maddie, of course, and the Gold Sovereign Stakes. Um, some nice progressive two-year-olds going around there. Do you have an opinion?
9: Uh, not a strong one, gee, and, and nothing that um, probably Bear won't back up here. I think Need Sugar's probably too good for them. Beat um, these pretty handily in the Elwick Stakes, and I think they've got their work cut out, turning the table, so... Uh, Stewie Gandy's done well
8: with his two-year-old, and I think he'll
1: add uh, a second-listed feature.
8: What about you, Bear? Yeah, I agree. I think the horse has improved every start, and they're going to have to go a long way to turn the tables on. Neat sugar.
1: I've got one for you too, lads. Tomorrow night, Launceston. Launceston cut for the dogs. Group two, Wimburn Ruby. Just put um, Wimburn into your multis, and Wimburn Ruby will be getting the job done. No price, but should be winning from box number one, Snapper, because I know how how much you love doing your greyhound form these days. Inside boxes at Lonnie, gee, that's what oh, they say. You can get away
9: with the white boxes at Hobart, but the inside yep. draws at Lonnie. So, uh, yep, did run a really fast time in, in the heats, Winburn Ruby. Big good story too. Ben England's put a lot of work in into this dog, getting her back from injury. And uh, he won it a couple of years ago, this race with Winburn Sheehan, who unfortunately is no longer with us anymore. So... A nice narrative and always great for the locals to keep the feature cash in the state, gee,
6: that's
1: for sure. 100%. I'll be getting on the phone to Andrew Jenkins, of course, the CEO of TAS Racing. We need to work out how we're going to get there for Launceston Cup Day because um, we can't afford to miss that. We should have SEN track there all afternoon, all morning, and um, we'll see where your alliance la- um, um, lands there, um, Bear Robertson. I know where Snapper will be, but looking forward to seeing um, what Trans what happens over the next three to four weeks in, in Tassie with the Hobart Cup and then the Launceston Cup and then in between all of that, voting starts on the All-Star Mile and who shall we be voting for, Bear? Have you got a well, there's horse? There's only one Yes, be
8: voting. I, think, I think you might have mentioned it before. I might have mentioned it as well. The inevitable. so oh, okay. So... Um... Watch the socials. Scotty Brunton will probably tweet out a video on Monday morning, so keep an eye out for
1: it. Looking forward to it. Uh, the little champ with a big heart. Can't wait to see him and Perez arrive at, at Mooney Valley for the All-Star Mile. That will be some sight. And imagine if he gets up. They'll have to make a movie. No doubt about that. Yeah. Hey, good on your Bear. Good on you, Snapper. Big weekend of harness racing starting tonight with the great Southern Star for the Trotters and then it's uh, Victoria's premier harness racing event, the AG Hunter Cup. And Darren Carroll, our form guru, joins us. G'day, Das.
11: Morning, Gareth. Yeah, very exciting uh, weekend's racing. It
1: doesn't get any better for the harness racing enthusiasts. So for Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company, make sure you gamble responsibly, one 800 858 Eight five eight. We might start with the trotters tonight, and the Great Southern Stars. Unique, isn't it? Like the Elite Lop is the biggest trotting race in Europe, and they have a sim that. Well, they have the same format where you compete in the heats at the start of the meeting, and then you have a couple of hours off, and then you compete in the final. So that's what we'll be doing tonight. Um, I love the format. I think it's they've they've done it the right way by changing the way that they go about choosing the barrier draw. In previous years, the fastest heat winner would get to choose their own barrier, which meant the best horses usually had barrier number one, and it was not much of a spectacle. But now it's a random barrier draw in a way. They do the barrier draw like the Cox Plate, so it's intriguing in itself after the heats. Um, And I think this year's event is wide open. It's it's a fascinating race. And in the first heat, which is race number two, bet three, six, five has, in fact, it's race number three. Bet 365 is Chinese Whisper at $8. Plymouth Chubb at 11 Sleepy at 11 Um Queen leader at 2 30 the favourite, and then the Inter Champ, Just Believe, at $3.20. Hopeful Beauty at $12. I'm all over Sleepy each way here. Daz, I think she can find the front and be mighty hard to catch.
11: You've been on Sleepy all week, Gary. Gareth. And, um, yeah, look, it all depends on Chinese Whisper a lot. Yeah. Um, got really good gate speed but can be a bit iffy at the start and barrier one might be a bit tricky so a lot's going to be depending on that. I couldn't put you off, Gareth. Uh, good price. Um, I like Queen and uh, just because I'm a little bit concerned about what happens at the start. But um, yeah, each way all day for yours, then go for it.
1: In the second heat, Mafaso Metro, Justice says if he Gets out like he thinks he can. He wants to hold the front. Majestic man, Brad Williamson. He, I don't think he knows how to sit in the breeze in Australia. <laughs> he just—he's relentless. He just wants the front. He's a very aggressive driver, which is unlike the Kiwis, really. Um, Two dollars forty. Majestuoso at five dollars. I'm ready Jet at seven fifty, and then Elder Baron Soos at nine dollars. Sundown's Courage at ten. Loxley Lover was a good effort the other day at sixteen dollars. Um, and your horse don't care at 50 to one, it's had a little bit of backing. How do you assess this race?
11: Um, I think this one's got more depth, Gareth. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting because this is the second heat, and the way it works is the top three from each heat automatically go through, and then, then it's the next four based on their gross times. So what happened last year was in the first heat, the top three went through, but in the second heat, the next seven went through because their times were overall quicker. So the seventh horse went through. Um, so the, probably the second heat getting advantage because I know what times have gone, but also because there's so much depth in this race, I can't imagine it being run at a slow tempo yeah. because, you know, you can't afford to be relying on running fourth or fifth. You have to try and run top three to qualify, but you have to try and win the $50,000 races as well. But yeah. this has really got um, amazing depth to it. Um, for me, Majestic Man made a real statement last week. Um, I think he's clearly the one to beat. Um through the whole series, but it's really barrage draw dependent because there's so much depth in it. Like if Elderband Zeus had had a good draw, then he'd be well in the market. Um, yeah, really, really good race. But I think the safe way to go would be majestic man. I'm with you. I think um, Brad Williamson doesn't know how to sit in the death, so he'll just keep putting the pressure on until John relents and says, okay, you can have it because I want to get through. So yeah. that was my read on it. Um, I'm hoping my horse don't runs a really good race. I think he's silly odds at fifty to one, but that just goes to show the depth of the field.
1: Yeah, it's hard to pick the winner of the Great Southern Star because you just don't know the Barrow draw spot on. Um, yeah, it's going to so, be so dependent. Yeah, so at the moment for the Great Southern Star and the feature event, I would if you gave me fifty bucks, I'd have twenty five each way on Sleepy. I think she's a wonderful would that price be for the final. For um, the final no, j- just for that first heat, eleven dollars yeah. will do me. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I the...
11: can't, can't go against you, but um, yeah, I, I would think majestic mean very hard to beat.
1: Yeah. What about in the AG Hunter Cup? You've got some wonderful stats since this race became a mobile at Melton. Please explain.
11: Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, so since 2017, the Hunter Cup has um, gone to a mobile. So previously a stand start event. So since that time, we've had six runnings of the event over 2760 meters, and we've also had two inner dominions over the same distance during that time. So it's rare that we run over this distance here. Um, so it's important to have a look at the data and you know, the data doesn't lie. So the last four years, leaders have won. Prior to that, the Death Horse won and prior to that, behind leader one. So the last six years of the Hunter Cup, we've had nothing outside the top three in the run. And then if I go back to the two dominions that have been run during that time as well, Um, We've had a leader and behind leader win those races. Average price of those um, eight editions, $5.13. So they haven't all been short-price favourites or anything like that. Um, So really, really interesting data that to me says you just got to look at the map of the race, and that is critical, and you just got to try and get that right.
1: I think in harness racing these days, there's so many short-course racing and 2,200-metre racing, that when they get over a longer trip, a lot of the drivers are too scared to use their horses up at the start. So what we've seen in these races over the longer trip in previous years is that they've been walking in the early stages and then basically they're just making it a 2,200 metre mile race and then they put the foot down in the in the last 16 to 2,000 metres, which makes it impossible for the horses to make up ground. That that Sydney into Dominion just over a year ago is a perfect example when they went well, home can, in 53 seconds.
11: Yeah, you could use that as additional data if yeah. you wanted to. But you know, this, this data is telling us, Gareth, that we've got to be all over the on-speed horses. And, you know, we, we might be looking at things like um, the New Zealand have drawn the back um, Old Town Road, but it's been backed into $9. Well, this, the stats said it can't win. You know? I've just got a feeling, however,
1: Daz, that you have to, like, if you... Analyse, say, last year's um, Hunter Cup, we had the King who had an easy lead. And then you analyse the Dominion, and you had Acknow that was drawn to lead and he walked to the front basically because Honolulu Bay didn't come out and there yes. were no horses to Acknow's outside um, that knew that they could cross him if they put the foot down. Yes. But listening to Drayson Grimson on yes. SEN's Giddy Up, our show, of course, yesterday, Saying that Jack Train has got permission to have a fair income crack in the early stages, knowing that, well, if he doesn't get to the fence, he can't win. And uh, the Prince, he's on notice there with um, Spirit of St. Louis. So if we see some fireworks there and Blair Orange knowing that he has to get out of the gate, we copy that to be in front of a horse like Expensive Ego. Finally, and I'm praying this happens for the race's sake, for the sport's sake, that we get a little bit of fireworks in the early stages. Drivers need to know, if you don't have a crack and try your luck in the early stages, um, then your males will go home. If you don't come out of the gate, you can't win anyway. So Jack Trainers, yep. he'll have a crack, which I think would be good for the race, and it could work or it could not. Um, but yep. um, at least he won't die wondering.
11: Yep. But it's my job, Gareth, to try and determine how I think the race will be run, and that's how yep. you know, I will bet accordingly. Yes. Um um, yeah, it's not not that easy, but um, yeah, they got to drive to win. I've got to try and map it and uh, predict the winner based on that.
1: So, how are we going then? What are we doing from a punting perspective in the um, well, this year's into inter- the not into the mini in the Hunter Cup?
11: <laughs> well, I'm going on the history, and um, I'm actually mapping the expensive ego goes three fence, Gareth. Um, there you go. I think that if they've said that they're going to drive it quiet, there's no better spot to be than three fence for that horse, if. The stable mate wants to hold the lead, which you think it would, would be Spirit of St. Louis. So my map is Spirit of St. Louis leads, Hurricane Harley's behind the lead, expensive Vigo goes three fence, and then copy that works to the death, once they've all had a little bit of a play early, um, and then they just control the race from there. I don't see any other moves in the race. I'm not sure that Rock and Roll Do is going to come and make a move, so therefore, where's the tempo in the race? I just think it's going to be completely leader-dominated. And for that reason, I would be suggesting take the box effect 1689 and uh, we'll go purely on the history and, and the map of the
1: race. I'm really keen on Honolulu Bay. I think you'll win this year. There you go. Yep.
11: So, you, yep, look, um, if there's speed on like you're hoping there will be early, then it gets something like him into the race. But I think he'll probably settle one-out three-back, one-out four-back in the run. So he's going
1: to need something at some stage. What about outside of the Hunter Cup? Do you like anything on Saturday night?
11: Um. Look, a lot of our listeners, Gareth, will be um, will be gallops punters and and keen on the gallops. Yeah. Um, I'll be instructing them to be to be watching races three and four at uh, at Melton. You'll see the future of our sport. Um, you're going to see Captain Ravishing and Catch Catchaway in separate races. Yeah. These are both unbelievably talented horses. Um, we can get a dollar seventy eight for the double. Take the double. Yeah, um, and cheer on and watch. Probably the new breed of our sport, and also highlights the you know the standard breed and how fast they are now. Um, these are two really really quality horses, and I think you can get dollar eighty odd the double. Just do it.
1: What about um, Tough Tilly? She's a moral, isn't she?
11: Yeah, I would have thought so. It's the first leg, you know, a bit of a hide and nothing, nothing. Um, the quality leg, I found one in the last race. I really liked, Gareth. Yeah. Um, this ticks your boxes. Um, race 10, number two, what did you say? Um, it loves to lead. So it's got one job at the start. That's just to make sure it holds out by our time earlier on. I think it will. Uh, the last seven times it's attempted to lead all the way, it's won on six of those occasions, beaten okay. once. Uh, the distance suits, class suits, it's in form. Um, it just ticks all those boxes we like. So what? Uh, race ten number two, we've got to be patient, but what did you say is the best of the night? My there?
1: only concern C Bell's become he's driving like he's a he's on a He is, He's yeah, he becoming not two. a pest. He's a good kid, Seabell Bell, but he's becoming a nuisance on horses that can't win driving and then like their their motor cars. So hopefully Lady Lani doesn't become a pest there.
11: Yeah, um, well by our time's probably got the gate speed to to shield it early. Um so I thought that they were the two that would probably contest the lead early. Yeah. Um it's a tough horse. It's not a speedy squib. What did you say? So, yeah, I
1: like it. All right. We've got to get to the news, mate. But I think um one for the each way punters there, Muck and Bar Diva. I thought it was a good run there the other day. You get $23.420 in that opening race at Melton there tomorrow night. But, um yep, can't wait for it, mate. Should be an absolute beauty. Thanks, guys. It's now time for bag of tips on this uh, Friday morning. Let's get stuck into it. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals. Look them up at ozequipment.com and Queensland is your place to race this year. And Chris Nelson joins us to go through his best bets tonight there on the Sunshine Coast. In fact, he's that dedicated to the cause. He's been up since the sun started to rise there in Queensland. So about three o'clock in the morning to check out this track. Chris, say hello to you.
12: I am dedicated or crazy. I should be, (laughs) I am committed or I should be committed. One of the two Gareth, I'm not
1: sure which. (laughs) Well, you are committed because you love it and we love it that you are committed (laughs)
12: Well, that sounds good. I'll go with that. (laughs) Yes, it's it's a bit sticky up here. We're in for 35 degrees today and a really muggy day, probably uh, one of the muggiest we've had for a long time. So I don't know how that affects the horses, and hopefully it won't under the lights tonight.
1: How do we back a winner?
12: Well, I'm pretty keen on one, but I'll give you two. Race five, number seven, Sarsen, uh, for Jaden Lloyd. Now, a winner two back in a maiden had threatened to win a maiden for some time and did so in good fashion and then Sunshine Coast last time out drew a wide gate, was forced to go back, basically had no other option, was last on the home turn, then ran on very well into second spot. Tonight gets a much more favourable draw, will be a lot closer in the run, and I think he's got the form to win this race. And he's around $5, so a good price for race five, number seven, Sarson. And the one I'm keen on, race six, number six, Gap Year for Ben Thompson. Now, by Deal. Uh, she's a mare trained by O'Day Hoisted. She's only had three starts, and they've all been first up. So this is the first time she'll go to the races with a run under her belt. Her first up run, uh, she, she surged late. She just sort of kept going and surged a little bit late at the end of 13.50, and that just suggests she's looking for further. And being by a deal, that's obvious. So she gets to the mile tonight. The opposition aren't strong. I really, all things being equal, can't see how she gets beaten. So race six, number six, gap year, clearly the best of the night for me.
1: So race six, number six, race five, number seven. Your two plays there on the Sunshine Coast tonight, mate. Looking forward to it.
12: Should be a good night. Fingers crossed.
1: Great to catch up with Chris Nelson. And the mailman has sent through his tips there at Townsville tonight. And uh, we're going race two, number three, victory for us. That's from the mailman. Queensland, of course, is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Some terrific meetings at Mooney Valley and also, of course, at Ranwick. This afternoon or tonight and in the twilight zone there in Sydney on the Kensington track at Ranwick and bet 365. Well, you can get the best dividend from those two meetings um, from the three national totes or the final official prize for all tote win, tote plays, trifectas, quinellas, exactas, first fours, daily doubles, trebles and quaddies for the below venues, of course, there at Moonee Valley and Ranwick The 365 top tote plus is the way to punt with those two meetings this afternoon and tonight. And Enverjusasovic joins us now because he's got a couple of really good chances there engaged at Mooney Valley on a Friday night. And EJ joins us now. Good morning to you, EJ. Thanks for your time, mate.
5: Good morning, Gareth. Just trying to uh, stay out of the sun down
1: here at Cranbourne this morning. How are you going? Is it working? Not bad. It's freezing. It was freezing when I woke up this morning. What's it like in Cranbourne? No, uh, it's cool, but
5: uh, I've still got the footy shorts on.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, it'd be three sixty-five days for you, wouldn't it? The footy shorts.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I like the freedom.
1: Where we? What <laughs> position do you play, EJ? On ball or halfback flanker?
5: <laughs> um, I'm currently rubbed out. I uh, not not allowed to play anymore. Uh, too many suspensions.
1: Okay. Sniper. There you go, I wouldn't have picked that with you. I thought you would be one of the um, you're a gentleman, but there you go, white line feed for free E. j. What about munitions at Mooney Valley in the fourth race? Um, we all know that this son of Rich enough's pretty handy. Um, what can you tell us tonight from this inside gate with the inform Ethan Brown aboard?
5: Yeah, pretty much can't tell you a lot really what what you see is what you're going to get The yeah. horses the horse, is, the horse is really well, very healthy. Very bright. Uh, He had a short let-up after his last start. And um, he had a good gallop on on Saturday. Very, very pleased with him. And um, action-wise, he's great. So, uh, you know, it's it's unique, this race. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And, um, you know, I I think it's going to be, you know, helter-skelter for the first... uh, first couple of furlongs, anyway
1: what about von gol in that last race 18 dolls currently with bet 365 carlene heffel rides from a wide gate your thoughts there ej i
5: i always hear that from a wide gate he always seems to draw a wide gate yeah he and does. uh he uh he's partial to moonee valley he he seems to excel there and and for that reason i uh I keep on nominating there, and uh, I couldn't be happier with the horse. He's going great. I'm hoping by the end of the night, you know, the, the track might chop up a little bit, bit and uh, they're getting home. But, you know, he's a he's a he's certainly a sneaky place chance.
1: Um, Cal's been all over me on the text message today. He wants to know about She Can Mix It because this horse trailed nicely the other day behind On Thunderstruck, and he wants to back She Can Mix It there. At sale on Sunday, should he be doing just that, EJ? Well, the horse, the
5: horse is really well, and um, I've made a few gear changes to her, and she seems to—they uh, seem to uh, compliment her. Um, That's—I I should get a photo of that jump out. That'll be yes. her biggest claim to fame. I—I <laughs> thought arguably she uh, she may have even won that jump out, but anyway, you should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, perhaps I should retire her
1: now. <laughs> can you put that on the, can she, can she get, um, can she get that in this, on her page there when she heads to stud? Well,
5: well I, if, if, if I've got something to do with it. I, I think it, yeah. it should. No doubt uh, But she's going, she's yeah. going well. And, um, you know, she's drawn wide, which is an ideal. Uh, I think she's well placed in that race. Um, you know, she's done it in her trials. She's, she's, She's come up well. She she needs to do a race day now, and I'm hoping with the uh, tongue tie and crossover noseband that uh, she'll she'll do the job.
1: And pinstripe mate, how's he?
5: Yeah, he's he's progressing well, getting down to the the business end now. Um, I'll know in another week or so uh, uh, exactly where I'm going with him. But he's during the pre season, he um, he's come back with a with a mullet. He's, he's He's powerful in the shoulders and uh, and and back quarter. You know he's, he's one of those footballers that, gone away and come back and they uh, they look enormous. And and uh, I'm really happy with the way he's going.
1: Love it. We'll be getting on him to win the Brownlow as well, EJ. It's always a pleasure, mate. Good luck over the weekend. Good on you, Gareth. Yeah, yeah mate. There we go. There's the great EJ. He does a wonderful job talking about superstars. The people strapper. He has built up some following, Andrew Fraser. The man that used to be in the technology world, he said, I've had enough of that. I'm going to follow my passion and um, head to a race stable." And he works for Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. Um, But he's sipping 14 when it comes to strapping horses. But the punters don't care because there's a few scratchings now. But with the final field, um, of course, with scratchings now um, in for tonight's meeting, Grace Song's now at $2.80 with Bet365. The horse that Andrew will be strapping, he joins us now. Hello to you, mate. How are you feeling this morning ahead of tonight? Uh,
6: Good morning, Gareth. How are you? I still have that technology job, so
1: I haven't given up my day job just yet. Uh, (laughs) How are you feeling, brother? I (laughs) apologise. No, that's fine. Uh, A bit nervous, to be honest. Um, This is a few more eyes other than my mum and my wife watching, so...
6: Uh, a bit more expectation, but um, yeah, look, we're ready to go today.
1: So, Michael Kent Junior has he said anything to you this morning? Um, like, um, do you get a pep talk? Have you had a chat to song? What's what's been the, the 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 daily ritual ahead of tonight for yourself? Uh, I
6: did I did see Junior this morning, yeah. which was good. Um, last time I saw him, he was chasing me across the lawn at Sandown to get away from Jack and I uh, on Australia yes. um, <laughs> Day. He, he actually did say to me, he said, oh, "I probably would have won by more if he went there." So. Yeah. That's good. But, oh. um, look, yeah, I shampooed him. Shampooed Grayson this morning
1: and, uh, yeah, he looks good. Are we backing him, mate? I-, I believe in you, brother. I believe in you.
6: Well, someone was talking about how I keep putting Betfair um, punters' um, kids through college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, back him. It's got it, it to
13: happen. It's going to happen
1: today. It's got to happen. The champagne's on ice. We need to drink it. And what do you say to Jamie Carr? Do you inspire her when you leg her up? I get a little.
6: I I get a little bit starstruck by Jamie Car. Oh, okay. So I'll, 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 no, Jamie um,
1: Carr, I'll give you the tip. will be starstruck by you with your yeah. Your, your um, how how bigger name you've become in the racing game these days.
6: Yeah. No. I'll I'll say hello to her. If she gets aboard, and then you sort of have that. Sort of 20 seconds before you let go, um, yeah. you get to talk to the jockey, So it's always pretty interesting to talk to them.
1: All right. got about 30 seconds before a break. Um, What do you say to Gray Song as he heads out um, onto the racetrack um, to, before he goes to, to battle? What do you whisper in his ear?
3: I so said, just
6: please, just get out of gate five. Don't worry about all the other noise and the thousands and thousands of people that come out to watch you. Yeah. Just get out of that gate. Get a good spot, and then, yeah, you and Jamie just get to that line first. That'd be great.
1: Go and get them, brother. Um, We'll be Be cheering you on. Um, You are the people, Strapper. You give us all hope. You keep inspiring us, mate, and go and get them tonight. Thanks, Gareth. Benny, I said, joins us to go through his best bets in Victoria today and tonight. Benny, good morning to you, mate. Hey, we'll start off with the Valley. What are we doing there?
3: Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Yeah, it looks a a pretty nice card at the Valley. I think we have to be patient early, punters. I think we can get the cash in the last two races. We'll kick off in race seven, number 13, Mr. I'm a believer. Luke Nolan, PG Moody. I really like this horse. We heard Kath Coleman during the week say that she's got a fair opinion of him as well. I was really keen on him at Cranbourne when the meeting got abandoned last week, but look, the race sets up pretty similar tonight. I think he's a progressive stayer. He shouldn't be too far off the speed. Nice strong rider in Luke Nolan can pull him to the outside. And I reckon he'll pick him up tonight at the Valley. Then we'll go to race eight, number ten, Holly Mans. Mark Zara rides by Eustace trains. Well, this bloke showed a lot of ability in his first preparation. He's jumped out well. He looks like he's come back bigger and better. I think he'll be getting the job done in race. A. He's pretty short. I think he's around the 240 mark, but I think he's pretty smart, this bloke. And I think he's a big set horse. I think the sting out of the ground will shoot him.
1: So Holly Mans race eight, number 10 for Mariusa, star 260. And um, I agree with you there, Mr. I'm a Believer. Kath Coleman gave that gallop a really good push yesterday on the stable mail. So that's race seven, number 13. What about at Werribee, mate?
3: Mate, we just got the two at Werribee. We'll kick off in race two, number nine, Ransoming. Steve Sackhouse, ride, Our man from the trial time show, Jerome Hunter. Yep. Jump out was pretty good. Look, we know Jerome is very good when he sends these first starters to the track. As I said, there was actually a bit of market support when the markets first went up during the week. I think this horse looks... You know, to have enough ability to go to the races today off his jump outs and be very competitive.
1: And you got another one for us out um, Werribee. You can get around ransoming. We can get around four twenty with Bet three six five.
3: Yep, we'll go race six, number six, Shambo. D Lane Clayton Douglas to train. D Lane's going there for one ride today, and it's this bloke. Look, I think his jump out was pretty good. Last preparation, he just he struggled to get the win on the. He struggled to string a couple together. Look, I think he'll ride the speed and he'll be very hard to beat today. I think he's short, I think about 210, but I think he'll be winning, Shambo.
1: I like the confidence there. So race two, number nine, Ransoming, and race six, number six, Shambo. Yeah, delaying. He wouldn't be going to Werribee um, for no reason. So just the one ride there for Clayton Douglas. Love your work, Benny, I said. Um, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Gary. There's Benny said, he's seen them beautifully as we speak. Sterling, Alexio and Gerald Ryan are going great guns and they've got a couple of nice chances engaged there at the twilight meeting in Sydney on the Kensington track and Sterling joins us right now. Good morning, Sterling. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good.
14: good morning, Gareth. How are you?
1: Good, thanks, mate. Cool. die. great to have Nash back in the saddle goes around in the third race. Um, obviously, she's got a lot of ability, this daughter of Frankel. Your expectations with her today?
14: Well, oh, look, she obviously it's there for everyone to see. She's a filly with nice ability and she's always showed us good ability at home. A um, few scratchings and um, the kentings and tracks a bit of a query today. Or you know, I would have liked to see a, a bigger field where they're going to um, sort of inject a bit more tempo. But, you know, field of six, you now it becomes a, a battle of tactics, so to speak. But um happy with how she's going at home. I, I think she's just going to need a few things to go right for her today.
1: And she's out of that wonderful mare Samantha Miss by Frankel, so she's um, she's one hell of a bread galloper. So, what do you think her best trip will be down the track?
14: Well, she she's still inclined to want to overdo things a bit, yep. and you know she she's been we've, we've spent quite a bit of time on her at home just sort of getting her to switch off and try and settle. Because I think if she does that in time, she's you know she she'll get out to sort of two thousand metres, and that's probably going to be her right trip. But she does need to start doing things right and learning to settle. Otherwise, she's probably going to find herself um, to go, probably have to stick to these 1,400 metre and mile races just until she she, um, she gets a bit more experience and, and gets a bit more racing craft about her.
1: What about Oceanic Flash in race number four? Um, what do you make of um, Oceanic Flash's chances over the 2,400 metres?
14: Yeah, I was really really happy with his run, two back. And he found himself in a good spot the other day, and just seemed to get dragged out of the race, And I think he's a horse. He, You've sort of got to keep him on the job and focused in the run. And I think he's just sort of getting shuffled back through the field. And by well, the time he got to the 500, he, you know, he was happy just to sort of poke home himself. But I think um, up to a mile and a half today, uh, Frank can sort of be aggressive out of the gate and put him in a spot and set his mind on the job. I think you're under a really big race.
1: All right, then, should we have a bet today? Are you confident?
14: Both horses are going as well as they can, and both horses will be hard to beat, but I think they're going to need things to go right from at the same time.
1: That'll do. Um, good on you, Sterling. Good luck today, mate. Okay, thank you. There's Sterling Bye. Alexio there. Dean Watling joins us. Dean, o, what are we doing on the Kensington track this afternoon?
6: Yeah, I'm excited to get back on this track, Gareth. It's probably one of my favourite tracks in Sydney. It often plays those horses, sit in midfield, and really momentum. Um, I think race one, um, the favourite here in Getty, race one number four, looks very well placed, comes out of that Magic Millions debutante stakes, stakes uh, beyond hour on a really heavy track, gets back onto a firmer deck, has been freshened since then, and... Jameson stitch from gate nine. I think if we can roll forward, um, I think the middle midfield, I think it'd be hard to beat. Capital Hearts is a big danger in that. We spoke to John O'Shea on trial time this week, and he has a nice opinion on this horse, and tried trialled up well. But I think Getty can get the money in race one, number four there. Race two, it's very short. Uh, race two, number nine, Parasol for the Mac, uh, McDonald-Cummings combination. It's trialled up like a proper horse. It's had two runs under its belt now, spelled... Um, it looks the way to go in race two. Short now, $1.60. I think if you wait for the jump, it might push out to $1.80, $2. But I think those two shorties in race one and two can get the money in. Best bet of the night comes up in race three. Gareth, I'm going in dead. Sterling's call Die there. I think associate for the Danielle seed stable, Tyler the Saddle. Really good on debut. That race rated for the roof uh, has been fresh and a really impressive Hawkesbury trial. Barrier three will have a map advantage against Call Die, and I think in the small field that's that's very key. Which Sterling did touch on. So best bet of the night, race three, number one associate.
1: Do you want to take responsibility for the ten dollar ten k challenge to get us off the mark, Dino, or you want to wait for another day?
6: No, I'll I'll take it. I love a bit of pressure. Okay. Certain odds, any odds.
1: Well, $2. We just need to double our money so you can either do a place, place all up or a place into win all up or um, if you're confident with Paracel into associate, then you can do that all up. So whatever you think, Dino.
6: Yeah. Okay, we'll go race one, number four, Getty. Uh around that two dollar price.
1: All right then. You sure you you're confident even with Jono Shea's first starter?
6: Yeah, it will be fine. J Mark in the saddle. Right, uh, race experience will be fine.
1: What about our man Mickey Gannon? He he's just on fire at the moment. But every time we um um get him to bet for our syndicate, it gets beat. But then all the other have you ever had a mate like that that um he wins when he's betting by himself, but when we have our syndicate he always gets beat?
6: Oh, there's plenty of mates that always tell you about their wins and when they put the pressure on. Um, they crumble. but are going to... I guess he's still winning, though, just not for the right thing. No, so yeah. He's, well.
1: he's on fire, maybe where he's kryptonite. There's no doubt about that. Hey, good on you, Dino.
6: Thanks, mate.
1: There's that the man from the Barrier 10, and he's the great tip-off. He is a superstar, Mickey G, but we have jinxed him of recent times. G'day, Mickey. G'day, G. How you going? Good, thanks. You wouldn't read about it, would you, mate? Like three out of four, <laughs> and then... Um, the only one that, that, that gets beat is the one that we have in our challenge. Um, but anyway, we'll always, and you, game, it is the That's great, great game. game.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Um, so what are we doing today? You've got three meetings that we're having a look at. Where do you want to start?
13: Yeah, we'll start off with the Kenzo. I I shared the sentiments there in those first three races. There's not really much more to add to listeners out there. I think Getty's going to be very hard to beat. was very, very good, Um, obviously, up at the Gold Coast, in unsuitable um, track conditions. So I think that's a horse that'll be doing its best work today, race one, number four, Getty. And then I'm going to go to race three, number one, Associate. I made my best better today at the Kenzo as well. Tried up really, really well. Danielle Seeds flying. Tyler Sheila' is probably the most informed jockey in Sydney, so I don't think you're going to go wrong with uh, that combination. So race three, number one, as well. So they're, they're the two at the Kensington meeting. G.
1: Then where do we go after that, mate? Yeah, then we're going to head to uh, Walcher. Walcher, to go... is that how you yeah. pronounce it? Walcher. Yeah, Walcher. Yep.
13: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go race six, number four. Time, timely Bell had excuses this last two. Jasper Franklin on here claims. One and a half sits on speed from barrier one. If you're getting five dollars, that's a great price for a horse. It's going to give us a huge sight and uh, be very much in the finish there. So I think that's going to be a great bet. Race six, number four, and then we're going to roll down to race eight, uh, number five. Miss Kono, Benjamin Os- uh, Osmond on here. You're getting three dollars eighty. This is horses racing in. Uh, she's racing in career best form now. She's only really got to repeat what she's been doing of late. We've seen a really big drift in the betting. Um, she opened up pretty close to that uh, $2.50 mark. We're getting around $3.80 to take that. That's a great bet. So race eight, number five, Miss Kono.
1: And Canberra?
13: Yeah, couple down in Canberra. Did you um, get anything out of uh, Sterling in regards to free choice in race two, G?
1: No, I didn't actually. That was my uh, mistake.
13: I have to shoot him a text. I will text I mean, him. I'll
1: let you know by the end of the show. I apologize. Good man. No, you're all right. I should have texted
13: you, mate. That's my bad. But uh, race two, number four, free choice here for uh, Sterling and Gerald. Source tried up you know, pretty well. Heads down to Canberra here for this um, debut assignment. You're getting $7. And look, there's some tried horses here that just don't look that good, to be fair to my eye and I think $7 is a really good bet considering this horse looks like it has a bit of upside. So race two, number five, free choice, is worth worth a bet at that price. And then I'm going to go to race three, and one's around the $10 mark. This is the value bet of the day. Um, um, All right, Mia, I think we're going to go with here, G. All right, Mia. Yep. Um, Grant Buckley jumps on. Look, made up good ground late. It's not a bad form race um, for this, and you're getting $10. It's drawn barrier two. Since there are thereabouts and once again another what I'd call a pretty weak race. This you know horses one, two and three taking up a huge percentage of the market here. And I think Aramea is the one that could knock them all out here. So race three number four, G.
1: Race three number four, Aramea. you get about ten dollars and two twenty with bet three six five. I'll get that information for you. Um before we wrap up. Giddy up at about um ten thirty and fifteen minutes time. So thanks for that, Mickey G. You're a good man. Have a good one. Hosted text messages coming through, Walker. That's how you pronounce that town's name. There you go. Walker. Good on you, Mickey. There's Mickey G. Let's catch up now with Mitch Lewis, who's done the form for us at um, Port Lincoln this afternoon in South Australia. Welcome back, Mitchy. What are we doing there at Port Lincoln today? Uh,
7: well, Gareth, I think I'm about to break ground for Giddy up here. I'm yes. about to do something that I think's never been done. Yes. I'm going to tip. A horse that my mother-in-law is in the ownership
1: of. Well, there you go. I don't know if that has happened before, but um, yep. Yeah, let's hope it wins for your sake, anyway. Now, there's a small little
7: caveat here. I'm going to tip it, but I'm not sure it's the best bet. I did the form before the prices come out, and it's come up at a dollar fifty-five. So we're talking about race one, number seven, Ladies' Lunch for Richard and Chantelle Jolly.
1: So we get a it bit on... short for mine, yeah. But,
7: <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it, this has to be her race. It's a lot easier. Um, if we get a little drift out, I'd be happy to take that. But I just, I just thought I better throw it in. She looks like the winner, but yeah, I wouldn't be diving in at that price.
1: All right, then. Hello to your mother-in-law there, ladies' lunch race one, number seven. Hopefully for the lady's sake that uh, she does get up at a dollar fifty-five. What else are we doing at Port Lincoln, mate?
7: Right, we'll go to race three with number two, Centerfield. Another shorty here. It's just been back to this morning uh looks to get a soft run it's just coming off a little let up uh out of barrier three has all the early speed in this race should push forwards and control the race with Taylor Crowther. uh loves this track and trip which is a horses for courses sort of track so he's nine starts four wins two seconds and two thirds over this same track and trip so gets all of the favors today is a short price but i feel like he should just be too good for
1: this field and then what do we do after that
7: We're going to go to race seven with number one, Exalted Maxine. So a little bit more value here. Uh, Exalted Maxine actually shaded home. Centrefield's last start it was. So that form should be franked a little bit earlier in the card. The beauty of Exalted Maxine today is it's 1,000 metres and he's drawn barrier three. He's got all the early speed. At Port Lincoln, it's quite a massive wide swooping bend before you get to a 300 metre straight. And the 1,000-metre start is right there as that bend sort of just starts to begin. So if you're court-wide, you lose significant ground up into the straight, so he maps to get the perfect run. He's been here at Port Lincoln three times for two start, uh, two wins and a second, so another one that looks really well-placed. Uh, he does have a heavy weight, which is the wrist, but I think the run's going to get too soft for him and he should be hard to catch as well.
1: Love your work. Phil up at Port Lincoln, and the best of luck to the mother-in-law with ladies' lunch that first, mate.
7: Yeah, good luck to Vicky if she's listening.
1: Let's catch up now with Darren Carroll, who's done the form for us for a big night of harness racing with the trotters taking centre stage in the Great Southern Star. Welcome back, Daz. What are we doing from a punting perspective at Melton?
11: Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, I've got a lift. Uh, yeah, I didn't have the best of days yesterday, so we're only as good as our next winner, aren't we? So we have yeah, got, got a few,
1: got a few runs, yeah. in the, you got a few runs in the bank, mate.
11: Oh, that's all right. Then. Um, Right, we'll start off with race seven, number three, Kamura Safi. Um, I took this one last Friday and it got the job done for us really well. It won soft, and that was a heat of this race. Um, I don't think that this is any stronger than the heat that it won. And um, I'd love it to find the front, but that's not the end of the world. Last week it sat behind the leader and just got the sprint line, just won with the plenty in hand, in my opinion. So uh, we're getting around about $3 tonight. Um... Michelle Phillips does a great job training this horse. It's the only horse she's got in the care. She does a great job driving the horse. So, um, yeah, I just think it's found a really, really suitable race. So Keen again, race seven, number three, Kimura Safi. Oh, okay. And the other one I like is um, in the last race, race 10, number two, Keen Chucky. Uh, it's a stable that we always like to, to get involved in, and it's the, um, the very strong um, Paddy Lee stable. Um, this horse has had three trials, so it's fit and ready to go. It would have been set for this race. Really liked its last two trials. Um, it's got good gate speed. I'm pretty sure it'll cl- uh, it'll cross the inside horse, um, who's you know can do a little bit wrong at the start. Um, then it's either got to hold out, let us trot, or take a sit on its back. Either way, I think we'll get a really good run. Um, it's a really progressive horse. It's got really strong form lines. You look at its previous runs and who it's been running against, and this is a very suitable assignment and uh, I think it's a nice horse and a horse of the future. So they're the two that I'm keen on. Obviously early in the night, some really, really good racing. Um, you're tipping sleepy each way, race three. Um, yep. Can't go against it. Um, so, you know, for each way, punters, there's one for you. Um, just tune in. It's a really high-quality night. The race is three and four. see so some really good, outstanding trotters
1: engaged. Can't wait for it. You're a good man. Thanks for that, Darren. Cheers, go. Yeah, I'm Ken and Keyang Chucky as well. That's race 10, number two. Interstate Mail, we've got Forever Moments. Race one, number one at $5 for the Prince Jack Callaghan at Newcastle. And at Gloucester Park tonight, here's our multi. Race three, number two, James Butt. in the race four, number one, Prada Sun, $8. Terrific price and never mind the chaos. Race seven, number eight, to continue on her merry way for G. Hall Jr. and M. Young. Let's catch up now, thanks to the You, the home of Greyhound Racing, with Simon Orchard, who's got three venues to help us back a winner at. Hello, Simon. Take it away, mate.
10: Morning, G. Three venues, as you say, mate. Goulburn will begin with race 10, number four, Shanghai Master. $3 into 210 with bet 365. Yep. Look, Lightly Race Dog having his first look at Goulburn today. He's litter brother to Shanghai Girl and Sh. They've both got some talent. He's been racing over further. Uh, lately, G at Dapdo and Bulleye, but He's running behind Dipping Mahalia and Jimmy Bale. They've both got ability as well. So, look, I think the drop-backing trip today will suit. The wide-open expenses of Goulburn will be to his liking. Just a reminder, his main victory came at Bulleye. Similar, one-bend, big, expensive circuit. So, I like race 10, number four, Shanghai Master at Goulburn. The Gardens later on this afternoon, race 12, number two, Royal Rush. $2 favourite at the moment. It looked like Sharon Gray tried to step her up over to 515 metres just around that Christmas period. It didn't seem to pan out that well. Had three runs uh, without much luck. I think 400 metres is this girl's go. She's run really well over the shorter trip since 22.83 in both runs in the new year. She's drawn well in box two. There's absolutely no speed in three and four. uh, And I think five will go straight. So run some good cover from the outside dog. So I like race 12, number two, Royal Rush. And then we finish at Wagga tonight. Race five, number two, Tigalong Honey. 350 on Bet365 at the moment. Yep. Mick Finn is seeing them well. His last 19 starters, Gareth, have produced seven winners. Tigalong Honey has accounted for two of those. She's really quick early. The one dog, Aston Whiskey, is also fast and trained locally. I think it's going to be the hardest to beat. But I think Tigalong Honey can either... Ride the heels or push up alongside and get on the arm. I think she's going to be really hard to beat. Race five, number two, Tigalong Honey. Best at Wagga tonight.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. There's Simon. Good to you, The dogs.com today. You're the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. No one runs. The dogs like SA. Tony Gray, you're a superstar, mate. Um, What are we backing quickly, brother?
6: Easy. Uh, We're going four races today, guys. Uh, Race six, we're backing two dogs. Number seven, Clever Man at eight bucks. A big chance at leading and number eight redeveloped. Well drawn out wide. They're both around about the $8 mark. Next, we have race seven, number eight, Cooper Kyron at around about the $7 mark. Good each
3: way bet this. Well drawn runner. Uh, After that, we move on to race eight, number six, Universal Value. It's going to be up there vying for the lead. If it can hold a position, shouldn't miss the podium.
6: Also around about $7.00. And then uh, the best bet is race 11, number two, Emily Wiggum. Uh, should be favourite for mine. Second favourite um, at around 2.30. I reckon it's a big chance at leading. It has a few wide runners to run cover. And just save on the seven dog in that race.
8: Sahana at about 20 to one. I'm ready. So race hit- 11, number two. And, race and save on the
1: seven. I'm already on the two, race 11, number two. Get on your Toddy. You're a superstar expert Greyhound Racing tips. Follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. He's a wonderful judge, Todd Gray. Um, Watchdog likes race 11, number four at Hillsville. race four, number four at Geelong, race four, number four at Shepparton and race nine, number six at Ballarat Astro Bale. Thanks for your company on Giddy Up. That is Bag of Tips.